0: That's it. Okay. Well, welcome everybody to the Marketing Checklist Viewcast, where Hank and Sharon, you off of you off Creative Marketing Solutions, when you are looking to solve your marketing or HR challenges, we're the ones that you would call.
1: On this Viewcast, you will meet and learn from successful entrepreneurs who are out there making it happen right now.
0: And here's how it works. Uh, We have sent our guests, in fact, if you've watched the viewcast before, you already know, we send our guests all the same questions, uh, and they're going to answer them so you can get an idea as you watch several of the viewcasts how it works for them. Um, Now, here's the kicker. Uh, The interview is 7 minutes, 21 seconds, and why is that? That's our anniversary, July 21. Yep, so that's where it goes.
1: So we're going to get
0: started. Introduce our guest.
1: Today we are grateful to have Elizabeth Seward from Waldorfhandwork.org.:
0: Very Cool. So uh, it's your your time will start when Sharon is finished asking the first question. Y'all set and ready to go?
1: Are you set and ready to go?
0: I'm ready to go. You asked the first question. Okay. Uh-huh. So, I think.
1: Your climber was ready. Okay. So keeping in mind, uh, we only have a three story building. What is your elevator story?
2: Well, in recent times, we saw the need to create a community of handwork teachers online. We started a free weekly drop in Zoom and that quickly blossomed into international handwork teachers conferences, professional development, and now we have an international online handwork teacher training starting. We anticipate a gross revenue of upward of 80,000 80, this year while meeting the needs of our colleagues all over the world, which is the best part of the whole thing.
1: So tell us a little bit more. What is your and business- we offer professional all development
2: Mm-hmm. Well we offer professional development skills classes mentoring ongoing teacher training to teachers of handwork which is spinning knitting weaving dyeing that kind of thing in private public and homeschool waldorf educational environments Waldorf education is a waldorf sorry waldorf education is a worldwide movement for children pre-K through 12th grade and we fully integrate arts yeah. music movement practical skills and much more, including of course handwork, which is knitting, spinning, weaving, dyeing, and so forth. Awesome. So why should our listeners And we find that this is... mm -hmm. Why should they flog to us? Well, it's a little bit of a niche market um, as as we define it, Um, but we do believe this is the education of the future and a salve for present COVID-induced distress. Handwork, knitting, spinning, weaving, dyeing, offers a sense of calm amid the storm and well-researched studies show the calming, healing, balancing effect of engaging in handwork. In fact, at age 18, I myself wrote in my diary, I would never ever face a room full of school children. I will never live in America. I will never marry a mathematician three for three. And yet 35 years later, um, with two master's degrees and a doctorate in education, I can't imagine a more satisfying, fulfilling, truly valuable career. And I know it's contributed to the quality of life, to the resilience, and the cognitive agility of so many people who are now in approximately their 40s, many of them, and younger. Yeah. Awesome. What what tips can you give to our listeners? So if you're not a teacher, um, you can also benefit from handwork. You can find a way to bring beauty and these practical arts into your life by engaging both hands in a meaningful activity, which could be the things skills mentioned above knitting, sewing, spinning, weaving, um, or even cooking, carpentry, gardening, sculpting, any of those things which involve both hands, both sides of the brain in complex activities. And if you teach this to the next generation, many studies have found that this increases the level of serotonin, of satisfaction, of joy in life. And it can um, also provide you with wonderfully knitted garments or spun or woven things as well. And it's a joy to pass on this skill to future generations and empower them to be able to clothe themselves in warmth and comfort.
1: Yes, yes. What's an amusing job title for what you do?
2: I don't know. I take it kind of seriously. Um, (laughs) I often see myself as uh, an untangler of knots. I think I've spent my career untangling other people's knots, literally, and perhaps metaphorically. Because I have a doctorate, I'd like to maybe be called Doctor of Knitting or Knitting Doctor. Um, I've written a couple of articles, Seeking the Common Thread, which is one of those nice metaphors. Doctor of Knots and Tangles. I don't know, pick one, whatever. <laughs> so,
0: so people can take the, to, can take these hobbies out for a spin. That's what you're sharing, right?
2: There you go, Yeah, yep. Yeah. They can take them out for a spin. They can um, spin a yarn, weave a tail, all of that. <laughs> in fact, my book is called Teaching um, Through Stories, Jane and Jeremy Learn to Knit. So there's all of these metaphors in the language, embedded in our language, right? about fibers and fabrics and threads. And it's just part of life, you know. Truly. What are the most common questions that people ask you about your business? Well, the unspoken question is, um, can I really do do it? Will you manage to actually teach me these things? Because so many people have told me that, oh, you know, my grandmother tried to teach me how to knit. My neighbor tried to show me how to crochet. My aunt never managed to show me how to sew. She showed me, but I couldn't learn it. And I, um, I probably shouldn't say this in public, but my usual response is, I can teach you guaranteed or your money back, and you will love it. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't have said that out loud, but you know that is what I say in private to people, because it does work. With enough perseverance and care and thoughtful attention, people can learn this. And we can teach people how to teach it as well. Yeah. what's and the mo- it's, uh, it's thrilling it's exciting
1: <laughs> yes what's the most unexpected thing that you've encountered
2: in your business well it wasn't an uncommon thing but unexpected for me was to see how many parents were not able to knit or even to sew on a button onto their children's clothes I think it might be a generational thing or it could be a cultural thing. In England, I grew up; everybody knitted, everybody sewed. My all my clothes as a child were hand-sewn by my mother. Wow. But over here, once I started teaching, it was very unusual to find the parents' generation able to do any of that. So of course, the children had never seen it, and it was um, it was like uh, it was like being a pioneer in unknown territory, actually. And so um, I had to teach the the parents and the children how to value it and honestly on a more somber a very serious note for me as a teacher I see that children are losing the ability to master the fine finger control and this is happening at a rapid rate Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of studies books over there on um, how the fine finger movement actually builds the synapses in the brain that we learn to think by using our hands and fingers in a differentiated way and this massive decline I've seen, mostly in the last five years, is a true cause for concern for me. Um, I'm, I wonder what children are missing, how their thinking will change in a generation or so. Truly. And Truly. yeah, it's a big concern for me. What's your favorite business tool? Yeah. So the business tool, It's encouraging people, basically. It's not a tool. It's not something I can take in my hand or press a button. It's this um, person-to-person contact, the um, true warmth and belief and encouragement that I can bring to people, and the absolute certainty that they can learn. That's that success uh, guaranteed or your money back idea. It is true that it is... um, it's a little bit of mental gymnastics on my part to figure out how to teach something to different people. And that's the thrilling and exciting thing too, that I have to think about and figure out how to teach this skill to that person and that person and that person, and everybody learns differently. So it it keeps me nimble in my thinking actually. Is
0: there a four letter word that best describes your business?
2: Can't quite get a four-letter word, no. Um, okay, then. Let me I think just... it's about growing, learning.
0: Oh, so there's there's ings after them.
2: Ings, yes. Okay,
0: grow. There we go. Um, what part of your business makes you the happiest?
2: Yeah, grow is four, learn is five. So um, a long time ago, like about thirty-two years ago, I was teaching a first-grade group of children, and there was a little blonde girl called Fiona sitting right on my left. And she was learning to knit, it wasn't perfect, but she was working really hard at knitting. And so I said, how are you doing Fiona? And she said, oh, I love it, I love it. I can do it, it's hard, but look, I've done a stitch. It's amazing, it's wonderful. And she said, it's really fun. It's not the magic mountain kind of fun. It's not the theme park kind of fun, but this is really fun. And so I love hearing children say, it's hard, but I can do it. And I love seeing the beaming smile like I see on Sharon's face right now, actually, of teachers who feel like they have helped children over that hurdle of finding a way to do something that's difficult. And that resilience that we're building in children, it's a little thing, right? Learning how to do a knitting stitch, but the resilience is a life lesson. And that is what it's about. That's what we're doing, actually.
0: So you talked about- so We can um,
2: do things when we put on-
0: yes. So you talked about years ago, what did you learn years ago in nursery school that, that helps you in your business now?
2: Yeah, life lessons, right? They really stick with you for about 65 years or more. Um, I think what I really valued was listening to stories, being able to step into another world. I remember a teacher, she had a black skirt with uh, fruits on it, red cherries and oranges and things like that. And I would just soak up her words and soak up the stories that she was telling. And it was like stepping into another world. And I think for me... Um, that has helped me, over this time, step into another person's way of thinking and way of perceiving what I'm trying to teach them. My book, as I mentioned briefly before, is called Teaching Through Stories. And that is an an extraordinarily effective way of teaching something. Not just to say, put your needle in at 90 degrees, right? But the story about Jane and Jeremy, and they learn to do this, and one has this kind of challenge, one has that kind of challenge. And it allows the listener, children or adults, to step into and really identify with what's going on in the story. And it makes it much less of a confrontive kind of a teaching situation, do this now kind of a thing, and more of an invitation into a common world. And I think that lowers the anxiety threshold and raises the success, to be honest.
0: Yeah. And yeah, we we have found that stories. I'm yeah, listening. We, we have found that stories um, is a theme that keeps coming back to us. In our own business, um, yeah. when we're looking at at yeah. how are we going to teach a, a certain webinar, um, the concept is okay. What story do we have that can that can illustrate? It? It's it's it, it's amazingly um, true, and it follows up as well. Um, so, when somebody's watching this, what's the number That's one? Right. i one noticed that in your webinar. Uh, what's what's the number one fantasy lead that you could receive? Who would you love to have watching this that would connect with you?
2: Well, I really like, um, more than like, I would say I'm dedicated to collaborative learning and collaborative working. So non-hierarchical, not that there's a boss that tells everybody what to do, but that we all kind of take turns at leadership. Um, leadership roles and I think I'm actually lucky enough to be in a position right now where I am collaborating with a whole nother group of teacher training um, uh, initiatives where we are learning to head towards the same goal but finding our own way there so that's the kind of thing I really value is somebody who's kind of headed along the same direction but where we can differentiate, like we're online, they're in person kind of a thing. Or we do this, they do that. So we can complement each other's work. So collaborative and complementary work is, is what it, where it's at, I think. And for the future, too. It, it's not about one person knowing everything and telling everybody else what to do. That's my take on business anyway. Collaborative decision making. I'm really lucky to have a partner, business partner right now, with whom we do um, make decisions collaboratively. We disagree, you know, sometimes I'm wrong, sometimes she might not be right, but um, it all works out. It's really valuable.
0: It's the same thing in our business. Sometimes sharing and is actually right, and sometimes the past-
2: There you go. <laughs> it's true, right? It's true. No one person can have the monopoly on truth and wisdom. Yeah. So how
0: did, how did you come about yes. deciding that this was your calling? You'd said, I would never do this, I would never do that. I would never, And here you are. So how did you get that three for three?
2: Yeah, it surprised me too. I actually only <laughs> figured that out a couple of years ago. Um, I love academics, as you could probably tell. I have uh, several degrees um, and I uh, still found myself teaching knitting to six-year-olds. <laughs> I kind of wondered why, you know? But it turns out it is the most um, satisfying thing I could have imagined doing. And that lays the foundation for their later cognitive development. I'm certain of that. And research is showing that more and more. I actually stumbled into it. Uh, My daughter was in first grade and there were a couple of kids that knitted that were left-handed and their teacher wanted to teach them how to knit like the other way around. Most people are right-handed, right dominant. She wanted to teach them how to knit the opposite way. And by the way, I would never do that again, but I did step into that and one thing led to another and it just sort of happened. And then going from there teaching in the classroom to now helping other teachers, I feel like I'm kind of stepping into the granny role, right? That I'm helping other teachers find the joy in teaching that I have found. So it was just a complete natural progression and recently pivoting from in-person, tiny sort of small intimate conferences to now these online conferences with 100 people or so attending online. Um, It just kind of (laughs) happened. And it's, it's, I'm not kind of new agey enough to say I was led there or, you know, I'm not quite there, Um, but it does seem like it is a path that is unfolding. And it is a complete joy um, to be able to offer what people are needing right now. And uh, it's, uh, I'm very lucky actually, very lucky right now. And I, I do think actually that personal enthusiasm communicates itself to the people that work with us too. And I think that's pretty key to a business.
0: You, know, you made me think of a, 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 a reminder of a story. Uh, for junior, my junior high graduation, um, a student was going to conduct the processional and the recessional, and we had to try out. And I, went up, I took the baton, and conducted. And, and I actually was voted one of the two. But my director looked at me and said, well, that's great. But you just did that left-handed. So you're going to have to do it right-handed, because we conduct with our right hand, not our left. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> they seem to follow me just fine, but <laughs>
2: yeah, yes, you know, yeah. I'm left-handed. It's interesting. My sort of philosophy, yeah. Yeah. My philosophy, again, though, is that it's that collaboration, right? The right hand and the left hand are different and the same. So they work together as a partnership. So in knitting, the right hand seems to do more work, but it can't do it without the left hand, right? And the left-handed child can make that left hand Work as a stronger partner. So it looks like they're doing the same thing, but actually, the left hand is doing more, more work, more fine work, more su- more active work somehow, more supportive work. So, you're, so even you're, though it, it looks like it looks the same,
0: you're just teaching they're, them different. You're just teaching them in a slightly different way, depending on which hand they favor.
2: I kind of spin it, actually, yes. <laughs> I,
0: teach, okay. I teach
2: in the same way, but I tell the left-handed child that the left hand is a much bigger helper, aren't you lucky, <laughs> kind of thing. Yes. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Okay, our, our last question. Um, what, what offer would you like to give our listeners so they can begin a conversation with you?
2: Gosh, yeah. Um, Well, I would love them to browse our website and see if there's anything there that takes their fancy. So we offer a whole range of things um, from uh, experienced teacher professional development classes to brand new class, to basic skills for brand new knitters or brand new sewers. And so there might be something there that would interest them. And we're always very open to questions. So So they can contact us through the website or they can email me at www, oh, sorry, the website is www.waldorfhandwork.org, Or my name is Elizabeth at waldorfhandwork.org, And awesome. I would love to hear what people think of this interview and I would love to engage in a conversation.
0: Fabulous. So um, that's Thank it. You. We,
2: Thank we you for have... those
1: questions. Oh,
0: you're, you're um, absolutely welcome for that. So we're, we're done.
1: Awesome. So uh, connect with us at uh, mar- freemarketingconsultation.com. Sign up for your free 30 minute success call. Most small business owners that take advantage of that conversation report back to us that their call was worth at least $10,000 in either immediate increase sales or savings. So let's begin our conversation. And if you too would like to be on the ViewCast, then just mention that when we are on, on the free marketing consultation call.
0: Yep. And- one more time, you can, you can get Elizabeth's link. It'll be in the comments here. Uh, so all you'll have to do is click it and you will go right to her website. So thanks for watching, everybody. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time on the Marketing Checklist ViewCast.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you.